Well, hello, family. Glad to be able to join you this weekend. You know, as we celebrate the independence of our nation, I want to spend a few minutes with you today celebrating our freedom in Christ. And I use the word freedom instead of independence because actually in Christ, we are not independent. Christ set us free so that we could be dependent upon him and his gifts. You know, the word freedom and independence can sometimes be a little sticky. They can be a little confusing. We can often make them say what they don't really say. You know, we really aren't free to do whatever we want, whenever we want. God did not create us to be free like that. So I am celebrating my freedom in Christ, but I'm also celebrating my dependence in Christ. And I want to share four aspects of that with you uh, this weekend. Paul makes this overarching statement in the book of Galatians 3.22. He says, but the scriptures declare that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. And what he means by this, every one of us, apart from Christ, we are a prisoner. We are in bondage, whether we know it or not, whether we believe it or not, that is true. We are a prisoner bound to sin, and there is nothing we can do in and of ourselves to escape or to set ourselves free. And that is why Jesus came to rescue us. So the first aspect I want to share with you this weekend is because of Jesus, I can be free from the penalty of sin. I can be bound to the grace of Jesus. You know, as someone who was a prisoner of sin before I came to know Christ, I had done many things to rebel against God. I had done many things that were an affront to God. I was a teenager who was, who was trying to fit in, and unfortunately I was trying to fit in with the wrong crowd. And I remember one weekend we went, and they brought a bunch of M80s, and we went around town blowing up mailboxes. I wasn't the one who lit the M80. I wasn't the one who threw it in the mailbox, but I was in the vehicle. I was there laughing. I was there rooting them on. I didn't try to stop them. I knew it was wrong. But more importantly than honoring God or doing what it was right, it was for me, it was fitting in, belonging to those group of guys. You know, it doesn't matter how big or small we think our sin is. The issue is that we sin against a holy God who is infinitely holy. You know, this past week, Dan and I were listening to a video about the gospel, and one, one of the, 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 the speakers shared that if you go into a, a, a junkyard and take your key and go scrape one of the cars, no one will probably say anything. They won't even mention it. If you go into a, a used car lot, maybe the cars are around four or $5,000, and you scrape a car, I mean, certainly that's going to draw some attention. It may, may not be the end of the world, but they may have you paid, have it fixed. But if you go into a sports car parking lot, a Lamborghini or yesterday, a Corvette convertible red past our house, and you took your key and you scraped that car, Believe me, there will be serious ramifications. You know, when we sin, we sin against an infinitely holy God. And that means even the slightest thing because of who God is. 
is serious and it's worthy of God's wrath. It's worthy of his penalty. But Jesus came to make it possible for me and for you to be set free from the penalty of our sin. We didn't earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. But because God is gracious and forgiving, Paul writes these words to the Ephesian believers, in him, in Christ, we have redemption. That's freedom. Through his blood, what he did for us on the cross, the forgiveness of sins. And I love this phrase, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us in Christ Jesus. Instead of experiencing the vastness of God's wrath, I instead can experience the riches of his grace. That he not only wants to dabble on me, he not only wants to give me, but he wants to lavish on me. This grace is so powerful. It's not something we just experience once and we're done with it, but it's, it is transforming. We are to live under this grace. We are to live through this grace. We are to allow it to, to impact every aspect of who we are. We are to be bound by this grace. In Galatians, Paul goes on to say, Galatians 4, 4, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter, someone who can experience God's grace now instead of the penalty forever. We are bound now through God's grace to God himself. And it continues to get better. Paul goes on to write this in, in Ephesians. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We can experience an eternity of our penalty of sin because that's what it's worthy of. Or we can experience an eternity of God's incomparable riches of his grace in Christ. So I want you to repeat after me. I know maybe you're home in your living room by yourself. It doesn't matter. Repeat after me. Free from the penalty of sin, bound to the grace of Jesus. That's what we're celebrating. Number two, because of Jesus, I can be free from the power of sin. Now bound to the very righteousness of Jesus. You see, as a prisoner of sin, I was under its power. I did really what it wanted me to do, even, even though I knew better. Paul, who was a faithful Jew, he loved God's law before he came to Christ. He still loved God's law, but, but he acknowledges as much as he loved it, it didn't have the power to change his heart. It didn't have the power to make him do what was right because he was under the controls. Listen to these words in Romans 7. Paul says this, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. 
as it is, it is no longer I myself would do it, but it is sin living in me. You catch those two important phrases? Sold as a slave to sin. Sin living in me. A slave to sin. He goes on a bit further until he, he finally makes this profound, pretty strong statement. What a wretched man I am. Maybe you've felt that way before. I know I have. But then he goes on to this, asks this crucial question. Who will rescue me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus came to rescue us. He came and when he did, he lived a perfectly righteous life, always obeying his Father in his heart, in his attitude, in his words, in his mind. And it was his righteousness that broke the power of sin and death. Jesus offers this righteousness to us as a gift. Paul wrote the Ephesian believers, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Why? Because it no longer has power over you. But instead, he says, which is being corrupted by the deceitful sires, but instead to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, that is what is possible in Christ, to be free from the old self, but now bound to his life-giving righteousness. Paul says, put on what Jesus has done. Live out of this reality of the victory of Christ through his death and resurrection when his righteousness broke the claim of sin on your life, peeled its ugly hand off of you. You know, there are many people during Paul's day and even since then that have misunderstood God's grace. There were some who said, you know what, we sin, so God poured out his grace. So why don't we sin some more? So God will, God will pour out more of his grace. In Romans 6, Paul says, no, may it never be. I mean, I mean don't you understand the cost that Jesus paid? to forgive you of your sins, but also to give you his righteousness. So Paul writes this in verse 19 of Romans 6. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now. Why? Because you've been set free. Now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. Jesus sets me free from that which led to shame, guilt, ugliness, brokenness, pain in my life, so that I might be bound to his righteousness, which brings life, joy, peace, holiness, a life that brings glory to God. Repeat after me. Let's do it again. Free from the power of sin, bound to the righteousness 
of Jesus. The third aspect here, because of Jesus, I can be free from the control of sin. I am now bound by the very spirit of Jesus. This is similar to the last one, but with, with an important nuance. You see, what is controlling your life? What is it controlling your decisions, your feelings, your thoughts, your commitment, your directions? What is it that controls you? In Romans 8, Paul declares that there are really two things that will control you, one or the other. Follow along as I read from Romans chapter 8, just a portion of it. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, then it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature, have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. But you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. Paul has those two important phrases, live according to and be controlled by. What is it in your life? What is it in mine? Paul says we have been freed from the control of sin so that we can be bound to God's Spirit, controlled by God's Spirit, which brings life. When I lived according to my sinful nature, when I let it control me and my thoughts and my feelings, you know, that was a pretty ugly time. It was a pretty dark time. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like who I was becoming. But then God interrupted my life and sent me his spirit. Where now he began a work in me at that, from that moment until now, and it's still going. You know, there was a book that we used to read the kids when they were young, and I don't remember it all in detail, and again, I couldn't remember the title, but it was about a little train. And this little train ran on its tracks, and it was, a, it was a great little train. It was productive, and everyone loved it, and it just did its job so well as it just flew down those tracks. But every now and then as it went by the field, the train thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to be free? It, it saw the animals and the cows and the horses and the sheep roaming out in the field and thought, wouldn't that be wonderful? And so one day was able to jump the tracks and get into the field, which initially was great. But pretty soon it started hitting rocks and then dirt and pretty soon a wet spot where it was all muddy and it could no longer go. He was stuck 
He couldn't move. He was in bondage. What he thought was so great didn't end up to be so great at all. When is a train truly free to be a train? When it's on the tracks. And you know, that picture for us was like a picture of, of being led by God's spirit who uses God's words. Those are kind of the two tracks. And, and if we allow God to lead us through his spirit and his word, that's when life is filled with joy and peace. That's when life is glorious and really truly free. Free to become who God is creating us to be. Paul wraps his argument up in Romans 8, 12. He says, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. We have an obligation, but it is no longer to the sinful nature to live according to it, but according to the Spirit. God's Spirit lives in you. A precious gift that Jesus gives us to be bound, but that brings life and peace. Repeat after me, only two more times. Free from the control of sin, bound to the Spirit of Jesus. And the last one, because of Jesus, I can be free from the selfishness of sin. I can be bound to the love of Jesus. You know, if you look in some of Paul's list of various sins, especially Colossians 3, 5, and start reading it, what you see really at the core of everyone is selfishness, self-centeredness. Colossians 3, 5, sexual immorality, impurity, lust. That's when we take advantage of another person for our own pleasure without the bonds of marriage. He talks about evil desires and greed when it's all really about what we want. What we desire. Idolatry, when we really make ourselves out to be God. When we're acting like we're the center of the universe and everyone else is there to, to serve us. We care about ourselves. We care about our needs. You know, and as a teenager, before I knew Christ, that's how I was living. I thought about Marty. My needs, my cares, my wants. You know, if you would look at me, you would say, hey, he looks like a decent kid. He's not getting in trouble. But the only reason that was because I hated getting in trouble. It's not because I loved doing what was right. I just didn't want to get in trouble. When I was helping other people out, it was really so that I would look good in the eyes of others. It wasn't because of the love of Christ. But then this love came. You know, on one hand, it's easy to live a life like that because you have one person to think about. That leads to a miserable life. But then this love comes. This love that is so giving, so sacrificial, so pure. This love that thinks about us and our needs. This love that is willing to give all in Christ. Even when we are so undeserving of it, we don't earn it. He thought about us. The only thing that has the power to break the selfishness in our lives is the love of Christ. 
the love of Christ. Paul writes this in Romans 5. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, couldn't do anything about it, Christ died for the ungodly. That was us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us when we were so unloving. He came in love. Christ sets me free, but he binds me to this kind of love, his love. Paul wrote the Ephesian letter to those who were a church filled with a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds who didn't really like each other before coming to Christ. But he prayed for them. He prayed for them. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's the life that Jesus offers us when he sets us free. That we might be filled to the fullness so that why? So that we may be bound to this love so that we know it for ourselves, that we may be established and rooted and grounded on it, but also so that we can then express it to others, share it with others, pass it along to others. So that's why in Romans 13, Paul says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. We have a debt. In a sense, we're not free, but it is a debt to love others with the love that we've experienced from Christ. Galatians 5, 13, he says the same thing. You, my brothers, are called to be free. We like that, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, but rather serve one another in love. Use your freedom to serve in love. Last time here, repeat after me, free from the selfishness of sin, bound to the love of Jesus. You know, we're living in kind of crazy times right now. Pandemic, the rioting, the looting, it can be pretty discouraging. It's kind of a dark time. But you know what? It's those times that allow us, for those of us who have been set free, for those who are experiencing the grace of Jesus, for those of us who are experiencing his righteousness, being led by his spirit, filled with his love, to shine in the midst of the darkness. Paul even says in Philippians, shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of truth. Are you shining today? Are you living out of your freedom in Christ? Are you celebrating not only that freedom, but also what it means to be bound 
to his grace, his righteousness, his spirit, his love. There is no greater place than that. If you're not experiencing that, there's no greater moment than right now, today, to look to Jesus and acknowledge to him this truth that the Bible says that you are a prisoner of sin, but that you want to be set free. You want to be forgiven. You want to be clothed in his righteousness, filled with his spirit, experience his love. I join you to celebrate that with me. You know, I'd love to be able to say, I live out of this freedom all the time. <laughs> I don't. Sometimes I head back. Sometimes I let sin have control. Sometimes I give in. But God is patient and he loves me and he's not done with me. And little by little, he's conforming me more to the image of his son. And so that's what I celebrate. The freedom I have to become all that God wants me to be. I pray that you're experiencing that freedom too. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for this weekend that we celebrate the independence of our nation. And, and Lord, though we do so probably with pretty troubled hearts and uh, heavy hearts of all that's going on. And, and so, Lord, we pray for just a fresh, fresh move of your spirit. Lord, beginning with us, for those of us who have been set free, God, work in us. May people see the difference that your freedom has made in our life. That it doesn't mean engaging in sinful behavior, but it means being under the power and influence and the glorious presence of your grace and your love, and your righteousness, and your very presence. Lord, thank you for setting us free. May we live out of that this week. May we celebrate it, and may we share it with others. In Jesus' name.